We do have a couple of specials this morning. I'm going to ask Miss Maddie Carpenter to come first, then her mother's going to sing second. Big enough to finish everything. 
might seem old-fashioned, but it stood throughout the years. She's going to sing that again here in a minute, if you don't mind, Miss Holly. Wasn't that beautiful? Joshua chapter 1, just this Sunday night, I got to kneel down with somebody as they asked the Lord to save their soul right here at this altar. Miss Casey, I remember when you got here at this altar. 
and ask the Lord to save your soul. I'll remember kneeling down with my son right here at this altar and him asking the Lord to save his soul. The altar ought to be a very important place. It ought to have a special place within our hearts. The souls that have been saved down here, there's no telling. The marriages that have been mended down here, there's no telling. The strength that was gained down here at the altars, there's no telling. I wonder how different our lives would be if these altars were full. Every time the church house doors were open. Wonder how different our lives would be if we came to these altars on a daily basis. I can tell you this man is standing where he is because he's got a mama that believes she can get at the altar more than just on Sunday morning and Sunday night. She said, boy, I wore that altar out every day for you. And I praise God for that. I praise God for that. Joshua chapter 1, would you stand with me? Last Sunday we began a sermon that I want to finish today and we talked about the service of the Lord and the things that prevent us from following the Lord and serving and doing those things that God's called us to do. And we talked about the topic. Simply, we fail to do those things because we've never done it before. But I want to go a step further and talk about another excuse that I believe we give God very often of why we cannot serve Him. And in the book of Joshua chapter 1, God is commissioning Joshua to, to lead His people. He's been a leader for years. He's led the battles of, uh, and the armies of Israel in the battle and done great things for the Lord, but God said, it's time for you to do more. It's time for you to take the next step. And I believe God is calling us to take the next step. I believe He wants us to go further with Him than we've ever gone before. And he said in verse 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And this is what he told Joshua. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Would you look with me in the book of Exodus chapter 4. He told Joshua, as he has given him his commission... He said, you can do this because as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I was God yesterday, and I'll be God today. And as I'm God today, Joshua, I'm going to be your God tomorrow. And I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to help you. In Exodus chapter 4, we look at an illustration of Moses. He said, as I was with Moses. So let's see as he was with Moses. Exodus 4 verse 1, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. The Lord said unto him, What is in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it upon the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. 
And the Lord said, Furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom again, and, it, and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. And it came to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river, and pour it upon the dry land, and the water that thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech, and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind, have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. Our Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Give me power to preach your word. Lord, protect your message and your messenger today. Lord, may our hearts be open to it. May souls be saved. May the saved have a greater desire to serve you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on the subject this morning, inadequate to serve. Inadequate to serve. And you notice I put a question mark. And I believe a lot of times that is the question. Are we inadequate to serve? Let me tell you something today. If God has saved your soul, He has called you to serve Him. Some way, some manner, some fashion. If you have been saved by the blood of Jesus, God has called you to serve Him. God has never saved anybody for them to sit on the pew the rest of their life and never do anything for Him. If you are saved, God wants you to serve Him. Whatever manner it is, if God's calling you to preach, if God's telling you it's time to teach, if God's telling you it's time for you to be a witness to everybody that you come in contact with. If God is telling you to do this or do that, friend, it's time to do it. And Moses, or excuse me, Joshua was sitting there getting the commission from God and he said, Joshua, it's time to go a little further. It's time to do a little more for me. And last week we talked about the excuse that we give the Lord all the time, God, I've never done that before. How many times in the Baptist church that we stopped doing what God wanted us to do because we've never done it before. But I also wonder today about the excuse that we give the Lord. Lord, I am inadequate for what you've called me to do. And I love that word inadequate because it means this, lacking the quality or quantity required, insufficient for a purpose. And Joshua simply felt like, God, I'm so thankful you called me. I'm so glad that you want me to lead Israel into the promised land. But I believe that Joshua felt inadequate for what God has asked him to do. Have y'all ever felt that way? Have you ever felt to the, to the way and to the place that when God wants you to do something, you say, God, who am I that you would call me? 
Who am I that you would use me in a manner and in a fashion like that? God, I am inadequate. I am unworthy. I don't have the skills that it takes. How many times that God leads within our hearts for us to do something and we give excuse after excuse. God, I'm not a good enough teacher. God, I know you're calling me to teach a class, but God, I just, man, I can't talk to people. I, I can't get up and say things. I can't do this, God. I know you're leading me to be a witness, but I'm terrified to go out. I can't do that. And friend, every day we give God excuses of how inadequate we are to serve Him. We give Him excuses and I give Him excuses on a daily basis. God, I can't do that. I'm not smart enough to do that. I I don't have the people skills to do that. Man, I'm not bold enough to do that. The other day, uh, the little cross girl, Christina, was going to sing. And she came in here Sunday night. She said, I want to sing. I said, you get up there, baby, and you sing. She said, I'm a nervous wreck. And I said, baby, I'm a nervous wreck every time I get up there. And she laughed at me. She said, no, you're not. I said, I'm a nervous wreck every time. Because I sit right there on that pew and I think, God, I can't do this. Who am I that you would use me in such a way and in such a manner? God, I am inadequate to serve. How many of us are not going forward for the Lord because we give Him excuse after excuse? God, I can't do that. God, I don't have the ability. God, I don't have the tools. I don't have everything it takes to become what you've called me to be. I want you to know something today that if God calls you, He will give you everything that you need to serve Him. And if God has put something upon your heart to do and to serve, and maybe it's that friend that you're terrified to tell about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit of God has just got a hold on your heart, and you say, God, I can't tell them about Jesus. You go tell them about Jesus, and you just open your mouth, and I promise you God will give you every word you need. If God is telling you to teach and you say, Preacher, I'm scared to death. I'm I'm dumb when it comes to the Bible. If you will surrender to what God has laid upon your heart, He'll give you everything you need. I am inadequate. But with Him, I'm not. God, I can't do this. God, I don't have this. God, I don't have the ability. And now He's telling Joshua, As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. Moses didn't have everything it took to be the leader that God wanted him to be. But God gave him everything that he needed to be the best leader that we've ever seen in in all the history of the world. Why? Not because of Moses, but because of God. I want you to notice, number one, this morning that Moses felt that he was inadequate in personality. In Exodus 3, last week we went through the commission that he gave Moses. And he told Moses, I want you to lead my people. And and what I love is before he ever stepped up in service, he got on the backside of the mountain with the Lord. And the Lord appeared unto him, commissioned him, and said, now go. And now we get into chapter 4, and Moses does what every one of us do on a daily basis. God, I can't do that. God, I can't do this. Moses felt that he was inadequate in personality. He said, I don't have the personality to lead this nation. I don't have what it takes to do what you've called me to do. How many times that God wants us to do something and we feel like, God, I'm not the person. 
I don't have the personality to do what you've asked me to do. And that's exactly how Moses felt. Notice in verse 1, Moses answered, and this is his reply to God after he said, Go lead my people. Hey, Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. God, who am I for me to go in your name and tell these people that, that, that you are going to use me to lead them into the promised land? They'll never believe me. And I believe Moses had a fear within his heart that, man, when those people look at me, they're going to think, man, who is this guy that he's going to lead us? Well, let's think about who this guy was. This guy was raised in the house of Pharaoh. And every one of these Hebrew children knew that this man was raised in the house of Pharaoh. And I'm sure a lot of them was probably thinking, boy, who is this guy that was raised by the worst person in the country going to lead us? And I bet old Moses thought, man, they know where I come from. And I'll never have a chance to be their leader because they know I come from the wrong side of the tracks. They know that I was raised by the most wicked man in all the world. They know that I was raised evil and wicked and raised to hate the Hebrew children. They'll never believe me. They'll never look at me because they know my raising. And I could never be the leader. And oh, this man felt like he was inadequate in personality. I didn't come from the right side of the tracks. I'm glad that doesn't matter today. I don't have enough money. I'm glad that doesn't matter today. Well, I don't have the right last name. I'm glad that doesn't matter today. And this man felt like he was inadequate in person. His background, his heritage, and where he come from. Who am I that you would use a boy like me, raised by the most wicked man in all the world, to lead this great people into the Holy Land? He said, I can't do it. I am inadequate. Do not let your past get in the way of what you're going to do for the Lord today. I can't preach. I can't teach. I can't do this. Those people know where I come from. You know what? I hate going to Hyde Park in West Monroe, Louisiana. I hate going there to preach. I know preacher ain't supposed to hate anything, but Miss V, I can't stand it because I get just like Moses. God, they're not going to listen to me. They know where I come from. They know what I used to be and what I used to do. Let me tell you something. Quit using that to let the devil win and use that to let God get a little glory in your life. And instead of letting your past bring you down, you let your past glorify the God of heaven. And you say, folks, I don't care what you know that I used to do. I talk to people all the time. Well, I know old so-and-so that goes down there to promised land. Boy, I tell you, if y'all take them, y'all take anybody. And I say, praise God. And that's the grace of God and the love of God and the mercy of God. Don't let your past get in the way of what God wants you to do today. And don't you get your past and all your skeletons say, God, I would love to, but I've been too bad. I come from the wrong place. You can't use me. If God can use Moses, He can use you. If God can use Joshua, He can use you. If God can use me, He can use you. Do not let your past and your heritage stand in the way of serving God. It doesn't matter if you come from a bunch of agnostics. Hello? It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your heritage was. God can use you you today. God can use you today. 
Not only did he fear that people would reject him because of his past, but he feared people would not believe that he was sent by God and that he was God's man for the job. I love this right here. God, they'll never believe I'm your man. Who am I that you would send me to these people and you want me to lead and you want me to guide and you want me to do all this? They'll never believe that I'm your man. And he was scared to death that people would not see him as the man of God. And he was scared to death that he thought the people would think this is all about Moses rather than the Lord. The other day, Brother Hayden's brother got up here and he preached. He's been preaching two or three months. He's gone to one month of seminary. He's, man, his knees buckled back here. He shook like a leaf. He preached 25 minutes and he preached the gospel. He didn't have all the eloquent words. He didn't have all the theology. But I'm going to tell you what he did have. He had God all over him. He had the power of God all over him. And I'm going to tell you something. And I believe in seminary. And I believe in theology. And I believe in getting every tool that you need to be a successful servant of the Lord. But if you're going to do anything when you serve the God, you better have God on your side. And you better have God all over you. And I'd rather have teachers in our church that was more filled with the Holy Spirit than filled with all the wisdom and intellectualism that the world has to offer. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you know. It doesn't matter what you have to offer. All that matters is you got God on you. And Moses was scared to death that he would go without God on him. And he said, Lord, I'm going before the people and I want them to know that I'm your man. When you get up here and sing, we're going to know who it's about. We're going to know if it's about your ability. We're going to know if it's about your talent. If you go teach, we're going to know. But you get God on your side. And you get so full of the Holy Spirit of God. And you let God be with you. Don't you rely upon your ability. Don't you rely upon your talent. Oh, I can sing good enough. Oh, I can teach good enough. No, friend. Don't go in there about what you can do. Go in there about what God can do through you. I have seen men stand up in the pulpit of God that never had a day of seminary training in their life out preach me and just run circles around me because God is dripping off of them. I'm telling you, I'd rather have a Sunday school teacher with God dripping off of them with them having all the knowledge in the world. Oh, we need God dripping off of us. And when we serve God, we don't need all this knowledge. We don't need all this stuff. We need the power of God upon us. If you were here Sunday night, boy, you missed a blessing. And man, we got in here and we had church and we worshiped. And I, I'm telling you, everybody was used by the Lord. But there was a woman that got up here and sang, Miss Carrie Reynolds. I'm glad she's not here this morning. But she got up here and sang. She got about the third word and she just closed her eyes. Threw her head up. Man, she was in another world. And God used that woman. And I'll be honest, I'd, I could care less about her ability because she had God all over her. And every person that got up here the other night had God all over them. And we got in the Spirit of God. And we had church. Souls got saved. The altars were full. 
You know why? Because people were used by, with, with God all over them. Because they just had God dripping off. Have you ever met a preacher that you say, they walk with the Lord? Have you ever met a child of God that you said, you know what, they've been with Jesus? One of my favorite preachers in our work is Roger Copeland. And the reason that I love him so much is not because of how smart he is. It's because every time he gets behind the pulpit of God, God is dripping off of this man. And the Spirit of God is so rich upon him that God uses him in mighty ways. You ought to pray that this preacher gets up here with God on him every time. Child of God, you know how we can do what God's called us to do is we get less of us and get more of Him. And we get God on us and we get in the Spirit of God and we operate not in our power but in His power. I don't want to preach my message, but I want to preach His message. I don't want to give you my opinion, but I want to give you God's opinion. And if I'm going to do it, I better get God on me. God, I can't. I've sat over there hundreds of times. God, I can't. For years I told God, God, I can't. But I learned the more that I get full of God, I can do anything through His power and through His ability. Y'all stay with me. I don't want to lose you. Stay with me now. Because I'm telling you, if you will let go of yourself and allow the power of God to indwell your soul and your life, you can do anything in the world. We have give God excuse after excuse after excuse. I can't do this. I can't do that because I'm not big enough. You know what God told Moses? He said, take your rod. Throw it down there. You know what Moses did? Exactly what I would have done. Took off running. That sucker turned into a snake. If you ever hear that promised land preacher is handling snakes down there, you know that y'all don't got a new preacher because I'm not going to touch a snake. And this snake, this rod became a snake. And he fled. He said, get down there and pick it up by the tail. I'm telling you, that's the power of God to reach down there and pick up that snake. And he said, and you take this and you show this to the people and you show them that I'm on you. You show them that you're the man of God. And he said, if they don't believe that, stick your hand in your, in your bosom and pull it out and it'll have leprosy on it. And then you put it back in and then it will be clean. And if they don't believe that, just take the, the water out of the river and pour it on dry ground. God said, you go, and I'll work through you, and I'll do things through you that the people of God will know that you're my man. Amen. I will show them by the things that I do through you that you're my man. You just follow me, and I'll give you everything that you'll need, and I'll work miracles, and I'll do things that will blow people's minds. Child of God, follow Him. You want to see His power? Follow Him. You say, preacher, you know, I'm scared to death. You get in His will and He's going to do things that's going to blow your mind. We have no idea what we're capable of until we get in the will of God. And you get in the will of God and you watch the power of God at work. Miss Holly, come in here for week after week, pray for so-and-so, pray for so-and-so, pray for so-and-so. Bless God, she come running in that class this morning, so-and-so got saved. That's the power of God. Everywhere we look, we see His power. The more we serve Him, the more we follow Him, we see His person, we see His power, and bless God, we see His presence. Everywhere around us, 
Not only did he feel he was inadequate in personality, but he felt he was inadequate in ability. I want you to look in verse 10. Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. I told little Christina the other night, I said, Christina, I am terrified to get up there and talk. Y'all see me fumble this morning. I can't stand getting up here. Y'all scare me to death. Y'all are terrifying. I'm a redneck. My seminary instructor, my English teacher said, you'll never make anything until you got the English language down. <laughs> well, that ain't happened yet. You got to be eloquent. You got to have the right speech. You got to sound good. I've heard a lot of preachers that sound good, and I wouldn't give you two cents for them. <laughs> I know preachers and teachers that got all the wisdom in the world that I wouldn't give you two pennies for. Eloquent in speech. I, I try, folks. But I am who I am. And God called me when I was that way. And God said, I want to use you for how you are. God, my abilities is not enough. I'm not a good enough speaker. I'm not a good enough studier. I'm not a good enough people person. I'm not good enough this and a good enough that. And God said, you just surrender to what I've asked you to do and I will provide you with everything that you'll ever need. And I love what He told Moses. Did I not cause the blind to see, the dumb to speak? Am I not the God that can do anything in the world? Can I not help you? Can I not give you? Can I not provide for you? And this is what he said. He said, you follow me. And I'm going to teach you. And I'm going to give you every word you need. You know what he's telling him? You get in my will and I'll mold you. And I'll make you. And I will provide for you everything that you stand in need of to be my servant. Now I've got a statement on the end of this page. You've heard it, you've read it. God doesn't call the equip, but He equips the called. You've heard it, I've heard it, you said it, and I've said it. And friend, let me tell you something. God doesn't call the equip, but He equips the called. And when God came to me, I said, God, I don't have it all. And guess what? Fourteen years later, I still don't have it all. But He's molding me, and He's making me what I'm supposed to be. Every day, He's making me a better servant. Every day, He's making me a better preacher, a better teacher, a better pastor. It's an everyday process. And I remember when I surrendered to preach, I was so intimidated. God, I can't do this. God said, you get in my will, you get in my way, and I'm going to do something. Oh, Miss B, what a ride it's been. Man, I've made some mistakes. But God's been good. Let me say that where you'll hear it this time. Y'all look at me. God's been good. And man, I have made some mistakes. And your preacher is a failure at times. I have made so many mistakes, but God has blessed. God has been so good in spite of me. But I've learned this. If a man or a woman will have a desire to serve the Lord, and they will find themselves in prayer every morning, 
and in study, getting the things, just like Moses was on the backside of that mountain. If you get on the backside of that mountain every morning with God, He'll make you what you need to be. And He'll mold you and He'll form you. I'm telling you, we got teachers here that we don't even realize we have. We have witnesses here that we don't even realize we have because we're stuck in that place. I'm inadequate. I don't have what it takes. We have preachers sitting right here in our midst that we have no idea God's been calling to preach because for years they said, God, I cannot do it. I am not enough. Well, bless God, you got right. Because you're not enough. And you'll never be enough. But He'll always be enough. And He'll always be big enough. And He'll give you everything that you stand in need of. I counsel people. I talk to people about marriage. I talk to people about life. And I don't know anything. I'm dumber than a bag of bricks. Amen? I don't know anything. But the Holy Spirit of God uses me in ways that I cannot imagine. Oh, I said, oh God, I can't, I can't. He said, you're right. But you get in my will. And I've learned if I just open my mouth, God will use me. And God will take me. God is trying to do something through you. He's been leading you. He's been poking you. He's been prodding you. And it's time to step up. And it's time to quit giving that excuse. God, I can't. You can't, but He can. Miss Holly, I want you to come. I want you to stand this morning.